Yo, yo, yo. Welcome in here. Episode 105 of the Get After It podcast. It is Monday, December 14th. We're joined by interview today with Sebastian Rusk. He is the best-selling author of the book Podcasts Suck If You Don't Have One, Your Step-by-Step Guide to creating your podcast, publishing it. I mean, this guy is like an animal. I'm going to get into the introduction here in a moment. With that being said, I think you guys are going to take away a lot. Sebastian brings so much energy to this, uh, not only just from the podcasting standpoint, but also just talking about life, uh, leaning into being a, just being present as a human being, having the energy and having the optimism and the wherewithal to get after it, no matter your goals and where you're at. We had some, we had fun on this conversation. So without further ado, Sebastian Ross, best-selling author, entrepreneur, podcaster. Let's get after it, folks. Let's make it an awesome week. Talk soon. I'll see you on the other side. This is the Get After It Podcast, where young professionals, entrepreneurs, and action takers learn what it takes to be a high performer. This is more than a podcast. It's a movement. Now, let's get after it with your host, Aaron Griffin. Welcome in, everybody, to a live recording of the Get After It Podcast. This is episode 105. I'm pumped. Uh, We have... The one and only. Not only I, I, I met I met Mr. Uh, Sebastian. Is it Rusk, by the way? Is that how I pronounce it? It is Rusk. It is. He's he's a best-selling author now, so I got to get the name right. He hosted Author Advantage Live for self-publishing school. That was the opportunity we Took had. Quite some credentials there. You know? It was. Hey, you look good. You had this suit on. You looked fantastic. Oh yeah, and it's all part of the it's all part of the job. We you know we were just talking about. Uh, business, you, you do client work and helping people with podcast. And really specifically, I love your show because it, or really, I love what your message is in the sense of podcasts suck. It gets your attention right away. You're like, what do you mean podcasts suck? Because every time I ever see a picture of this guy, he's got a podcast mic in front of him. He does this stuff. What do you mean podcasts suck? They only suck if you don't have one, right? That's right. That's his best-selling book on Amazon. You guys can get it now. You can talk about how to actually get your podcast started. This we guy, normally do this at the end, right? Well, we're just going to kick things off like this, you know? If you, just... are, if you are listening to us, we're streaming live on Facebook. Sebastian's holding up the best-selling uh, cover of his book, Podcast Suck, if you don't have one, a step-by-step, step-by-step guide to launching your podcast. Let's go. We have a lot to hit on. We're going to talk podcast, How we do. Talk business. First of all, I, can't, I'm not, I don't even read books. I'm a two-time published author. That is, hey, listen, anything is possible, ladies and gentlemen. Tell us Anything. about, you, you know, by the way, we were connected before when we, we set this podcast up, we were talking about, and this is um, um, awful. I'm forgetting of his name. The the gentleman who passed away a couple of weeks ago, uh, founder of Zappos. Um, oh, Tony, Tony C. Shay. I remember, and this was right before we had connected to set up the show and you had reflected on experience that you had with Tony. I want you to kind of uh, go back if you could for our listeners would you mind giving, I guess, almost a recap of maybe um, not so much, you know, I was thinking of Tony in terms of the visionary aspect of him. Sure. And I feel you had met him during his come up phase and during your come up phase, putting maybe him aside a little bit, because I have a question more directed at that. Take us back to how on earth do we get to the, the person sitting in front of us with this sexy backsplash? If you guys aren't watching, you're listening to this. He's got one heck of a, a setup here for his podcast. He's a best-selling author now, but we, we could both have, just from talking before the show, 2020 has been a huge year. Catch us up to before 2020. Take us back to 
kind of this mystery path of figuring out your way to now two-time selling, best-selling author and running your business as you do. Take us a little bit of the Reader's Digest version and catch our listeners right, let's up. Let's do it. Gather, gather around, children. Gather around. It's, it's story time with Sebi. No, don't call me Sebi. So I started my brand. I was in California for, I had a kid at 20. It's not a recommended game plan, but I did it anyway. I had a kid at 20, became an entrepreneur at 23, moved to Chicago. I grew up here in Miami, moved from South Florida to Chicago, uh, went to work for a company in, uh, in the burbs of Chicago, was there for a year, way too cold, got another job in Southern California and moved myself baby mama and uh, newborn baby out to Southern California, where we settled uh, for about 10 years. I became, I, I took that job, uh, made my first hundred grand at 22 and came back from, from the trip they sent me on and I quit and became an entrepreneur. And I've never looked back really, but I, I, I started to do consulting for realtors and for the real estate industry uh, in helping them drive in direct business. So people that would call them directly for, for help with real estate needs from, from 2004 until 2008 and then everything crashed. But I found myself living in Newport Beach, one of the most expensive places to live in the United States and a tremendous um, nut to pay on a monthly basis. And now my business was crashing rapidly due to the fact that the real estate market was crashing. So I quickly learned a lesson that a couple of things, save for a rainy day. Number two, never depend on an industry that's cyclical and that and is, and is actually false, right? That entire mortgage industry was, was a false and it didn't even exist, right? That'll never happen again, but it happened uh, this time around and I found myself holding the bag. So in 2008, came back from my best friend's wedding, woke up on the beach at a friend's house and I'm like, you know what? It's time to come home they're going to take the cars and everything else they're going to take. And I'm going to take all my personal belongings, my daughter's stuff. I'm going to sell everything else on Craigslist. And I'm going to move back to Miami. And that's exactly what I did. So 2008, 2010, I did absolutely nothing. I was a non-contributing member to society. I was an absolute total degenerate. I would hang out and watch daytime television, drink Milwaukee's best all day while feeling sorry for myself. Woe is me. And then in 2010, I had an awakening moment. And I said, you know what? Enough of this. I need to go see Tony Robbins. So I called my friend that was working for Tony at the time. She filled me in on all the details on how to go to unleash the power within in Long Beach um, that July. So I hung up with her and I said, okay, cool. I've got to figure that out. And then she called me right back. She's like, oh, I forgot to introduce you to my best friend who lives on Miami Beach. And she's part of Tony's core team. She actually travels with him. I think she'd be a great contact for you. So we connected that week and met up for a drink later on um, towards the end of that week and had a conversation. Um, that I'll never forget. And that conversation was, so Sebastian, what's next? And I had no answer for her. Meanwhile, she is a mover and shaker. She's a closer. She's clearly earned her keep on, you know, the job and position she has being on Tony's core team. You don't just, you don't just do that, right? So it was very impactful for her to ask me that question. And as I sat there, I, I didn't have an answer for her. And I thought, I don't know. And she looked at me and, and directly in my eyes and said, you know, that, insert expletive, is a problem. And I said, why? I'm not bothering anybody. Oh, that's the, that is the whole problem. You're not bothering anybody. So while you're sitting in your own sea of, you know, wallowing in your own sea of sorrow, for what reason, who knows, the world's missing out, right? So what can you do right now to change where you're currently at right now? So she's got all Tony Robbins on that ass, like, what? And I'm like, all right, here we go. We're doing this, right? So um, 
She goes, you sent me that video. You got a lot of enthusiasm. You can put that on YouTube. You can start a YouTube channel. You have like a million followers. There's a lot of buzz around social media. You can start a TV show. We're brainstorming, you know, throwing back a few cold ones and brainstorming on a Friday afternoon, you know, and uh, I mean, it doesn't get much better. And I said, yeah, there's a lot of buzz around social media, social buzz TV. Well, I sent those three words to him, a designer, which ended up being the social buzz TV logo. So ding, ding, ding. We've got a logo because I rent a, uh, met a new friend that works for Tony Robbins and was extremely impactful in, in get, helping me get out of my own way. So once I had that logo, I started heading around town on the bus and my skateboard because I didn't have any money and I didn't have a car. And I just started evangelizing the fact that I'm starting a company called Social Buzz TV and it's going to be the biggest, baddest social media company on the planet because it's going to educate you on what you don't know that you don't know about social media, which is nothing. No one knows anything. It's 2010. So as I did that, I would go to networking events and the networking events and chamber events and breakfast and you name it, I was there with a bow tie on most of the time. And then one day I said, well, maybe I can start doing my own networking events. How hard is this to you know, get a couple people together, shove some cocktails um, in their face and, and have them hand out some business cards. So uh, I did that. And I got my first shot right around the corner from here at Morton Steakhouse. I talked the event coordinator into not only allowing me to host an event, but giving me two free cocktails and hors d'oeuvres because my sell on my, how I closed them on that was like, this is Miami. No one has two drinks. So they gladly did. And I said, well, first of all, number two, they'll spend money in the bar. Number three, they'll know about you. And then we can give some sort of call to action to come back. Oh, and by the way, I need the room upstairs tomorrow because I'm going to bring everybody back and I'm going to do a social media boot camp. So I charge everybody 50 bucks and you show up for four hours and I tell you everything you didn't know about Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, et cetera. So I continued to rinse and repeat that process. And eventually people said, well, I saw you in a van. I saw you at your event. I went to your boot camp. Hey, maybe you can help me out with my social media. So I spent a year not knowing where I'm going to make money. It was just straight hustle, sponsorships, events, and consulting. And, and I'll watch your kids this weekend. I'll wash your car. Whatever we got to do to continue to keep this thing going, however it's going to go. So and after what, the end of that first year. What I, year was that, Sebastian? What year that was, was it? 2010. So uh, two thousand right after the this is right after the phase of don't know where you're headed. Right. Daytime television really yeah. stuck to well, yeah, yeah. what well, was, you know, it was two yeah. years. I spent two years in like self-pity. And then I, you know, I woke up, had an awakening moment. And 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 then that and then it happened again, um, you know, six years later, cra cra crazy enough. But um, I continue to rinse and repeat that process. And eventually I had an agency. Um, that was just created out of the need of people that I knew that I was building relationships with. But I've been a guy, I've been a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk um, about around that time. And uh, he forever altered the path that I was on. I read his first book. We later on connected. And then I interviewed him here in Miami around the corner um, with his second book. And then now as I MC events, I run into him in green rooms across the country. And he's always on his way to Miami, oddly enough. But um, Gary had a very, very impactful um, um way of, 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 of communicating in 2010. And I think people, not as many people were listening. Everybody's listening to him now, you either like him or you don't. Um, but you know, the proof is in the pudding and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's done it. So that, that helped me create my path. But what I found Aaron is that I got into this whole thing and it was like, I don't want to be a social media manager, but it pays the bills. You know, I got a couple of retainer clients, a couple, couple grand a month, dude, you didn't have a car before. Now you have a car. You had no money at all. Could barely even eat. Now people are paying you 2000 bucks a month to play on Facebook all day. Just lock it up and, and continue to march forward. Well, as I continued to 
to seek opportunities to speak, I found how competitive the speaking industry was. So I carved out my own niche, which was being an MC. I wear bow ties. I got tons of energy. I start the show. I stop the show. I, you know, I'm the beginning, I'm the end, and I can infiltrate the audience and serve them with my, with my, uh, with my energy. So became an MC while simultaneously doing the agency work. And, um, you know, here we are, we celebrate 11 years. Social Buzz TV will be 11 years old in, uh, in March, um, midway through this whole story. So 2016, I met a girl on Tinder and we started dating immediately. And she was, um, heavily involved in a personal development course called gratitude training. And she was knee deep in it, the third part of it, and was very persuasive in, in my, uh, you know, joining too. I was very apprehensive because I'm like, I was one of those, I'm good. I'm a Tony Robbins guy. I'm good. And uh, little did I know that all the personal development work that I had previously done had no, not even, could not even hold a, a, a candle to, to what I was about to experience. And her and I didn't work out, but I went through that course and it forever altered my path uh, and, and, and allowed me to, to learn a couple of things, a couple of vital things um, for, for this whole journey called life. And that was how to love myself. So up until that point, I had done some cool stuff and built a brand and bounced back and had an awakening moment and Tony Robbins and blah, blah, blah. But I was miserable and I couldn't get to the root why I was miserable and all my relationships would fail and I couldn't figure out why. I went through this course, learned how to love myself. And then I also realized there's one common denominator. It's me. And once I realized that true freedom exists in complete 100% ownership of your life, your own life, not blaming others, your childhood, none of that. Once you take full ownership for that and you love yourself, that stuff starts to radiate out to the world. And then you begin to get everything you could ever imagine. And I never understood that. It was frustrating to me. So I, coming out of that, and so I took almost that whole year off. I think I lived on a line of credit. So it was like the crash landing, went from top gun to squirt gun in 2016. Went through that course, did the work. The only way out is through, I was convinced. And in September of 2016, I came and rented a desk on the fifth floor here in this building. And I had a friend challenge me to create a podcast solution. And since I'd already always had a podcast, I, I sat down and, and it just started it just started flowing. I, I started documenting my entire process. When you started your show, when you stopped your show, when you've started and stopped the show three times, this whole podcast journey, and I unpacked the process. I said, it's going to be called the Podcast Launch Lab. It's going to be a done for you, done with you podcast launch solution for marketers and entrepreneurs to go from idea to iTunes in 90 days or less and actually tell their story and start creating content and be consistent with it. Now they're going to do that through means of, of, of a podcast. So I spent the past two and a half years figuring out who my ideal customer was. I didn't always know it was a marketer and entrepreneur. And I figured that out late last year. It dawned on me like one of those two in the morning things. Holy cow. My customer is just like me. It's a marketer or an entrepreneur. And if we took a subcategory there, we'd say author, speaker, coach, people of authority that know their natural next step their, their, their natural next responsibility is to share their story and to launch a podcast. So that brings us to, to, to present day. And uh, my daughter's a sophomore in college at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix. Um, and uh, life, is, uh, life is good. I, I can't complain, but I feel like I'm just getting started, Aaron. Was that the right answer? I think you are. Oh, it was all the wrong answers, but it's okay. It fits in. It was good. You know, uh, I was thinking in- uh, You said take me back. <laughs> I couldn't could start in like 2013. You know what I mean? You know, my listeners have heard this before. I um, I have a tough time with with. Uh, I've realized with book recommendations that a book hits you different depending on where you're at in your life. And one thing you mentioned, I, I love you talked about 
just how this isn't the exact quote, but what I scribbled down here was that I think it was smart in like 2013. You know what I mean? Sorry, sorry about that. I was trying to. We got some craziness going on. Well, you know, it's interesting. You you wrote, you mentioned just by taking extreme ownership, it led to essentially radiating energy and success later on and building that up. And I, I thought back, it's um, have you read that book, uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin? I have not, but it's on my list now. You know, I think it's one of those things where I read it in a situation where I had a, uh, a colleague of mine who was training someone else and we screwed up a house. We mentioned that we came in from the student painting background. We painted everything we weren't supposed to paint. And it led to us having to repaint the entire house, right? For, you know, like $2,000, like a crazy, like $7,000, $8,000 job. We now had to paint it ourselves, total disaster. And reading that book kind of brought me back. I was listening to the audio version while painting the house and it, it it clicked in me and it was like this is my fault like i am the reason we're here i have been pushing it to the leader who made the mistake with the team member and then screwed up the job site but it came back to me i put the leader in that position i coached everybody into this spot and it led to that result and it was uh, it was liberating in that sense because it meant that there was nothing i couldn't take responsibility for because if i was going to own the 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 wins I got to own the losses. 100%. Tony talks a lot about that, actually. Speaking of Tony Robbins, if you're going to blame people, blame them for the good shit, too. You know, I want to I want to really, I, I, we could go off on a limb with that. And I really want to hit on your book and move in a couple things. Ownership's important, though. I'm glad you brought that up because it's so grossly underestimated and underused in this world. So, if more people took ownership and, and really owned their role and how they showed up to produce the results they got, I think we'd be living in a different world, but you know, so, so I remain optimistic. That leads into, that actually leads into, wasn't going to be my next question, but let's roll with it anyway. We got COVID coming in here in March. You and I were talking about it a little bit before in terms of how we both kind of uh, positioned and adjusted with COVID. I want to ask you though, from a, from a mindset standpoint, I think a lot of people naturally get um, a pass. If you're younger, you move back in with home over everything that's happened. If you, if, if drastic things happen because of the ways things shaked out, I think in some ways you might get a pass in 2020. That being said, that doesn't mean you give yourself a pass, right? I think you have to still look at what you could have done differently. Cause there, the one thing that killed me was talking to people who entirely upended and uprooted their, their goals because they had convinced themselves they weren't possible because everything was shut down, because everything was there when the reality was they certainly were. They just stopped pushing. They used it as an excuse to stop pushing. I want to ask you how big of a year it's been. How did you take ownership in a time when, I mean, it was craziness. And I'll, I'll tell you, by the way, I was part of the accelerator with, with SPS and working with, it, with that. And it was so refreshing in the sense that on one end, I had the TV telling me that the world was coming to an end and we were all dying. And then on the other end, I had business as usual because everybody's already working from home in that group. They're already working with clients. They're already doing all this stuff online. So it was like, for me, it was like, okay, well, this is the real world. Let's jump into the real world. For you though, what was the biggest challenge that that hit with and how did you respond with taking ownership and what's led to a record year for you and your businesses? I think it's times like this that leaders rise up. And I had somebody mention that to me back in March. So March, second weekend, of, I think like the second week of March, like around the 10th or 11th, maybe the 12th, 
I had, you know, mild panic for like a day and a half. And then I said, you know, what are you going to do to control this? There's the only thing I know I can control is what I choose to do every day. So you can sit home and worry and freak out, or you can remember that, you know, that acronym of fear, is it false evidence appearing real or is it um, forget everything and run? So I, I chose the, you know, I, I chose to, to realize that whatever I may, may appear as fear right now um, <clears throat> is not going to have any impact on me because I'm doing something that people can do from their house. Start a podcast. I've got this studio. We were a month into it and then it was shutdown time. So we moved in February 1st, uh, end of January. Um, but in that time, that first weekend of February, I had what later became a, a dear friend and a client of the podcast Launch Lab, a, a LinkedIn influencer by the name of Shay Robottom uh, come on the show. And she was my first interview in the new studio. And I challenged her to start a podcast that night and she kind of blew it off. And then three months later called me and said, oh my God, I need to tell the story of my childhood. It was traumatic, but I've been able to heal from it. And if I've been able to heal, then me talking about it's going to help other people heal. I want to hire you to launch my podcast. And that ripple effect from that, from, from just, just that actually happening, but that didn't happen pre-COVID or right at the beginning. That happened like, I don't know, April or May, I think. And um, I just said, you know, th now's the time. And once I, once I, we had a few deals rolling in as soon as we moved into the studio and like I caught my rhythm, uh, I, I did lose a little bit of momentum in, in, in July because I launched a funnel campaign that failed miserably. Um, so I, I, you know, and I've just got to be transparent and I've got to own that, that I knew it was going to be a risk. It was going to cost me five grand to build the copy and the funnels out and it was going to run me, you know, between 2,500 and three grand to test out, you know, an ad campaign. I wanted to get my calendar full of people that wanted to buy, um, or hire rather an expert to help them start a podcast. I quickly learned that people that don't know me, that don't like me, uh, or have never heard of me are not going to buy from me. People that do know me that are referred to me, uh, do. So I figured that, I'm better off using my time to figure out how I can generate better relationships of strategic referral partners versus trying to go find cold traffic of people that come to me and have a have to get to know me and B have to get to know what I do. So is that That's the right good. answer? You got it. You got it. It's, it's fascinating too. Cause you would probably agree with this. Everybody has a podcast in them, right? Yeah. I mean, there's only a million. And so it, it sounds like a lot, but there's 15 million YouTube creators. So if we, if you, if you do the, if you compare those two, there's a lot of room left for growth. Number one, number two, no one is you. No one. I guarantee it, unless you have a twin, right? Number one, number two. People say, Sebastian, I know somebody does what you do. No, you don't. Well, I certainly do. No, you don't, because they're not me. You're you. Your community is yours. So it doesn't matter if there's 59 million podcasts out there. Your community is yours. That's like saying there's too many Facebook pages out there. I'm not going to post anymore, right? Your followers are yours. So again, we could argue this point for, for, for a moment here, but I think there's a lot of uniqueness that comes along with content. And I think the podcasting, we're just getting started. We're talking about a technology that started in 2003, late 2002. Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be a cast that was played on an iPod. Those of you kids out there, this was pre-iPhone days. Post-Walkman, post-Discman, iPod days. And... Um, now look at it, you know, we got Rogan and Spotify and all these crazy deals happening for large, mm -hmm. large sums of money, you know, it's crazy. Yep.
Well, it's the listenership, right? People are flocking to podcasts. I would say more and more every year. I know for for myself, I know that uh, our family, from a, put this, we, I have been able to have, let's say, over Thanksgiving, I had more meaningful discussion with uh, my immediate family because I knew what podcasts they were listening to. So I was almost able to dip into their world by just taking a couple hours on the flights and catching up on some of the recent stuff that I know they're going to be talking about, that I know they're going to be in their points. And it's so refreshing with podcasts because uh, it's almost like a, uh, it's a, it's a microchasm of social media, right? Like one of the fascinating things about social media is it allows an individual as opposed to the printing press or whoever owns it to become the printing press and actually to establish their own stuff. A podcast is really almost like, this is going to be hilarious, but it's almost like the original OnlyFans, right? It's like the original outsource of long form content that you can actually, if you really enjoy somebody's message, they resonate with you, their story does what, maybe it's not even their story. It's nothing about who they are, but it's what they talk about. You can get it in a long form extension. And I think one of the fascinating things, I know you mentioned that you've done some investments in yourself. Some of the masterminds I've invested in this year one of the most fascinating things is to actually crawl back on the Facebook group to when they were just getting this thing started and look at some of the some of the trainings they did from years ago. Podcasting provides that same opportunity where you have long form content that it's archived, it's stacked on top of each other. Where do you see, let's just go big, 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 big picture here. You mentioned there's about a million podcasts, a little bit more uh, globally. I think it's, I think, um, I could excuse myself if I'm wrong. The average podcast lasts about seven to 21 episodes. They die somewhere in that range. Typically, I want to ask you in terms of like, where do you see the big just getting bigger? We talked about the Rogans. We talked about some of the people who have some of the biggest shows in the planet. Do you see the small people get rising up and getting bigger? How much bigger is this space going to be? I guess that's really my question in 2030 on the other side of this crazy decade that we have coming up. Where do you see the podcasting space be? Is this going to be the the central hub of media and the way that we consume information? Or where, where do you kind of see podcasting heading in a really big picture view? Well, if you look at the type of content podcasting is, it's frictionless. So it's not like a radio. I wrote, a, I wrote about this in my book, um, the Podcast Suck, if you don't have one. I talked about, in fact, it's in the introduction here. Let me just read that part to you because it was so timely, actually. Um, this is an exclusive. We're only getting this on the exclusive get reading from only the author. The get uh, da, 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 da. Okay, hold on a second here. You guys should get his book, by the way, available on Amazon. You can podcastsuck.com. Podcastsuck.com. You can get it for free if you download Kindle Unlimited. Otherwise, you can get the paperback for fifteen dollars. And think about the people and the leveraged impact you can create. From starting your show, starting your podcast, fifteen dollars is nothing. This guy's my agent. Yeah. Also, I'm following. We're live on Facebook. As you find that spot, if anybody who is watching us live has any questions for Mr. Rusk about podcasting, about anything that he's gone over, feel free to drop them. We'll keep an eye on that. And uh, I would love to get some of your questions in here as it's our weekly live episode of Get After It. If you want to check out the whole show, you can find us on wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, 
We are all over the place. This is episode 105 of the Get After podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Griffin, joined by Sebastian Russ, best-selling author of the title Podcasts Suck. If you don't have one, he goes over the step-by-step guide to getting your podcast on the air. So uh, thanks thanks for all those kind words here. So I'm looking for the part in the book that I was, I'm, I'm recording the audio book right now. So I feel like I've read the, the introduction and the first page of chapter one 14 times today, but I can't seem to put my finger on it. Sure. Uh, the, only part that, the, the only part that that, that did uh, sound familiar was that uh, on the on the very first in the very first chapter in the very beginning of the book, it said um, you know, how I started. Maybe it started with the fact that I grew up in a radio station watching my father as a DJ that made podcasting come so naturally. I had a predomination podcasting would disrupt and eventually replace traditional radio as we know it. And I was all for it too. I mean, when's the last time you hopped in a car or turned on a radio and were eager to listen to yet another DJ talk over your favorite song? I assume that your answer is never. We didn't know it yet, or maybe some did, but back in 2008, we were entering an audio era. That was 12 years ago. An audio era with technology, with voice recognition being around and technology like Amazon's Alexa arriving, speaking things into existence was now a reality. I decided to launch, I decided to start a podcast right out of the gate when I launched my brand Social Buzz TV in 2010. And my thought about podcasting was why not? I discovered an online platform called Blog Talk Radio, an online radio station, easy to share. My guests would would call into a phone number, I could record the show, and they'd help me get in iTunes. I was absolutely stoked. The only problem, the technology of Blog Talk Radio was new, and with new comes problems and challenges. And I later talk about why I moved away from depending on a platform like Blog Talk Radio, stopped the show, got an AM radio deal. They gave me, you know, two weeks later, I'd get a replay of the show on a CD. I wish I was kidding. And then I could upload it to the internets. And then one day I thought, I, you know, I got the station manager busting my chops, and I'm like, yep. I'm I'm like, I'm, I'm helping you guys out here. You're busting my chops, but I'm out of here. <laughs> I left. I, I left. Uh, who's coming with me? And um, stormed out of there and said, I'm going to do it my way. Called a podcast. I'd like to welcome everybody to the, to the future. And, uh, you know, that's, that's when I really started to see clearly that we are living in this audio era where we can speak things into existence. We can, you know, voice recognition, smart houses, and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff like that. That podcasting is the same way. Listen, if I send you a video, your brain says, I have to stop. You really don't have to. I have to stop and watch this video. You really don't have to. You can technically just play the video and listen to whatever the video has to say. But our brain says, I got to watch it. If I send you a link to a podcast, you can listen to it on a plane, a train, the gym, while you, when you wake up, before you go to bed, on the holidays, on vacation. You can start it, stop it, replay it, rewind it, fast forward it, skip through an ad, and it's frictionless it's all in and when i say frictionless i mean you open up the podcast app and every single show that you're subscribed to that you like is right there in front of you you can even get nifty little reminders when new episodes become available i mean we've come a long way what what do we do so if we looked at is it is this space crowded here we are what almost 20 years into this is the space crowded you know we're talking about a technology that's almost 20 years old it's just now gaining popularity like what? So if I ask you the same question, Aaron, in 1950, you know, we're sitting down, corner office, radio executives, smoking a couple lucky strikes, having a scotch and say, where do you think this whole radio thing's going? Would you ever say, do you think it's too saturated in 1950, 1960? Absolutely not. You wouldn't. 
And no, and then that's the same thing I tell people about, no, I don't know why I would want to start a podcast. Well, if I called you in 1985 and gave you a primetime spot on an FM radio station to have your own radio show about your law firm, would you do it? Heck yeah, you would. You wouldn't even think twice about it. You'd say yes, and you would figure it out as you went. Why? Well, I mean, it's radio. I mean, come on. It's where all the earbuds are, right? So I look at it the same way with podcasting. That why, why, why would you not want to create a platform to become a media company as a brand and create content that you control? You can even cuss on your own podcast these days. That's unheard of. The FTC, you can't say that on radio or television. I think it allows people to express themselves a little bit more in, an, in a, more of a natural format. You know, I'm not condoning F-bombs on podcasts. Oh, they are kind of cool sometimes. So that's just my thought. Was that the right answer? <laughs> always, always. Only the right answers right now that you're dropping. I, uh, I'm just thinking back to uh, just looking at podcasting in general. I think one of the coolest things about it generally is that you mentioned you were comparing it to radio. It's going to be much bigger than radio. I think it just has to. The laws of physics say that it has to simply because there's no, it, there's no really cap on, there's no ceiling for this space in the sense that you're, uh, I, I remember listening to this, uh, they talked about the power of social media and just actually, if you're trying to grow a brand or an audience or really just a business, as you mentioned, you know, just really trying to expand your relationships one-on-one. -on -one, Many times people look at social media as a way to amplify that more extensively when the reality is we're just trying to actually build an ecosystem of value around what you do. And I remember being fascinated by a podcast I listened to where they talked about, imagine if you could go back on Steve Jobs' Instagram and scroll to the garage in Apple. And the reality is we're there today. You know, yeah. the companies of 30 to 40 to 50 years from now, we're going to be able to not only do that, we're going to be able to fire up the podcast episode from the guy when he was about to give up and he was about to quit, who ends up taking over Bezos for, you know, wealthiest person in the world because they changed the world. We have that. We have all those foundational points here with podcasting. Let's let, let's fire. Let's tune this down. To, well, it's to, crazy you say that because yeah, yeah. I always that, that picture of Bezos that goes around of him and he's a Miami guy, by the way, um, went to my opposing high school. Um, is he uh, really? I thought he was yeah. New York. Wasn't he? New no, York? no, no. He grew up in Miami. He went to Palmetto, uh, Palmetto high school. Um, gotcha. uh, yeah, he's a Miami guy. I think he lives here too. I've never seen him, but I think he lives here. Um, uh, <laughs> I've seen him out and about and I allowed him personally, but like on, on, on the gram and whatnot, but that picture of him in the office way back in the day, it was like mm -hmm. Amazon 1985 with like the banner and like the old desk and that big ass computer. Um, you always think like, where did he find that photo? Like, hey, honey, do you have that one picture for me in 1985 where I was there with the banner and where we first got started? Like, going and finding old content. Yeah, I guess we can do it through photos and old, you know, I got a couple camcorder tapes sitting around of my daughter's, you know, first birthday and whatnot. But now, this this day and age, it's like, just go to YouTube. Check out her second birthday. It was a blast. Uh, there it is right there. Yeah. We got the photo up of, uh, of Jeff. Jeff Bezos and his uh, little look at that rat's nest. Of yeah, there you go. But I want to ask you for specifically for people who are listening to this, who have a podcast, they have an offering already. They're already working. They're building up their brand, their authority, where it is. What are the, what are the common pitfalls that you see immediately with podcasts that can be solved with maybe 15 to 30 minutes of someone's time weekly? What are the things that people get lazy with on their shows 
that are holding them back from gaining audience traction? What are some of the things that people can do that you just see are common pitfalls that people with shows are no are not utilizing the show? I assume you're going to ask me what is the purpose of the show and where you're going with it. That'd probably be a big part of it. But what are some of the common pitfalls that people fall into outside of get the right equipment, make sure you're doing the right editing and some of the things with the audio experience? What are the things maybe on the either the marketing side, the positioning side, some of the things that you work with your clients on to make sure that they're set up for success? So when, when you're starting a podcast, you absolutely, and it's going to sound very Simon Sinek, but you, you've got to be clear about your why on starting a podcast. And I talk a lot about that in the book. Chapter two of the book. Yeah, getting, clear on, yeah, getting clear on your why, because your why does a couple of things. Number one, helps you better understand that you're actually doing work that matters, number one. Number two, you can create momentum for yourself with your podcasting process and journey as the show continues to grow and you continue to, you, 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 you know, I don't feel like recording today. It's like, well, you know, that, that old quote, you know, remember when you feel like quitting, remember why you started. Same thing, it sounds kind of cheesy, you know, motivation is kind of cheesy sometimes. Zig Ziglar said, motivation doesn't last. He said, neither does showering. That's why we recommend it daily. So um, I think getting clear on your why, number one, number two, procrastination will kill you every time. It just will. You know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. What was that? that I, I talked about in the book, that Nike campaign from a few years back. It was a billboard that said, yesterday, you said tomorrow. And I followed it up with my other, one of my favorite quotes ever, Martin Luther King Sr. How soon, not now, becomes never. And I think when you focus on, on just completing the task of what, what's going to happen. So if I record another episode, I conduct another interview, what's possible with that? And you're not going to be able to accurately answer that because anything's possible. You just don't know what's going to happen when you create that next episode. And I think resting in that and knowing that if I just stay focused, I read a, I'm big on the quotes today, but I, 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 I hear quotes, I internalize them and I reference them to my life. I was in a WeWork um, that, I, that I was a member of a couple of years back. And those places are always all decked out. They're real nice and the decor and the whole nine. Well, there was a coffee table sitting there. And on that coffee table was a coffee table book, Andy Warhol. And I opened up the first page and it said some sort of quote, and I'm paraphrasing, that said, just keep creating. Don't worry about the eye of the beholder because that's not your responsibility and it's none of your business. Just keep creating. And I think a lot of us get in our own way. I sound like crap. I look like crap. I wasn't here. I didn't have the light. didn't have the mic. didn't have the time. The kids were screaming. Dogs were barking. COVID, the Rona. What am I going to do? You know, excuses and just nonsense of everything except for the task at hand. Record another podcast episode. If you want to dumb it down even more, schedule a video Zoom call and hit record, just like we're doing right now. So don't overcomplicate the process. Make sure you're real clear on your why. Remember why you started in the first place. And remember where you're going to be a year from now because you recorded another episode today. It's like, do yourself a favor for your future self will thank you for. Just knock that podcast episode. So I think it's the consistency, Aaron, the consistency. And it is work. It takes grit. It takes hard work. It's sometimes frustrating. Oh, and the last thing, 
Don't try to do all this stuff on your own. Okay, if you're beating your head in with GarageBand for an entire weekend because you want to save 25 bucks and not hire an editor to edit your podcast episode, whatever the case may be, there's tons of resources out there to farm that out. Most people don't know about them. Most people don't want to do them and figure, why would I pay someone I can do it on my own? Because you're trying to do everything in the podcast process instead of what you're really good at. Your job, record episodes. Fair? Let somebody else handle the legwork. And that's where, you know, the podcast launch side, you know, really started to take shape. But we start people with the very beginning process of starting their podcast and get them launched and then help them with ongoing production. As of late, I've been getting a lot of existing podcaster business um, as far as coaching is concerned. We've had a show for some time. We've got a show. Um, we just want you to you know, give us a podcast audit. I'm like, I didn't even know those existed, but sure, I'll give you an audit and um, I'll ho hopefully help you see some blind spots that you're not currently seeing, share some ideas that, that we use here at the Podcast Launch Lab and, and, and maybe improve your show in one or two or three ways. So it's really interesting to see how it's all ended up. You know, people are eager to work with me, thankfully. And even if they have a podcast, I don't want to leave them, you know, I don't want to not have an opportunity to work with them. And I created the, you know, the coaching and consulting with existing podcasters out of a need. Like I had some guy who was just not let me off the phone until he could hire me for something. Even though he hired somebody else to launch his podcast, he was adamant about me working with me. So we worked on audiograms. We worked on his intro, his outro. We tweaked a couple things. I gave him some ideas, made a few introductions, and he was happier than a pig and poop. Was that the right answer? Again, you're full of the right answers here. Oh, at the full part. You know, uh, <clears throat> I want to ask you, uh, we've had about, when we launched this podcast, about 95% of our listenership was under the age of 27. We are down to almost 70%. So we're broadening our spectrum. We're probably going to have to do a rebrand, which I've only spoken about on many, many episodes at this point. Uh, in terms of going beyond young professionals and entrepreneurs. But I wanted to ask you specifically towards that group and really somebody who's getting started. We talked about um, uh, for, uh, uh, Zappos CEO, Tony Her uh, I think we, well, we spoke about it at the top of this. We are just, you, you never know how soon uh, your time in this earth is gone. No matter right. what your age is, wherever it is you're headed. I want to ask you, I guess, in terms of going back and you look at your lessons and, um, I, I love your story in the sense of building up from really thinking you had it figured out. The world explodes. Tony Robbins helps you put things a little bit back together, back into perspective. Another awakening a couple of years ago, and here you are right now, where I'm sure we'll continue to have those awakenings. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm saying there'll, there'll be another one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll continue to. You know, when the when the students ready, the teacher arrives. Right. So well, that's that was that you 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 hit the nail on it. I, I want to ask you about that when the student's not ready or they may not be sure that they're ready how do you get yourself in a position to be able to i, I don't think the words accept criticism but actually get feedback and less so feedback be willing to accept the transformational opportunity or a coach or something where you're going to be able to have to be challenged and you're going to have to level up almost all levels of your life. How, how can you be open-minded to that idea? How, how have you been able to accept? Cause you mentioned with uh, the most recent one where it's like, you were not looking for, you know, for, or with Tony Robbins, you were not looking for that transformation. It kind of just hits you straight in the face. And I never made it to Tony Robbins that year either. I, I later, I went years later and, um, 
I never made it that year. I had the intention of, because that's the power of intention, right? <laughs> I had the intention of getting there that year, but I never made it. But I met my friend who forever altered the course, forever altered the course. And then trip on this, I finally make it to UPW. I'm working with a friend who worked for Tony for eight years, left and, and went on to do her own thing and now helps empower women and is doing amazing work. My daughter's been through her program twice, but she was coaching me when she first moved here and she was first starting her business. She moved from California to Florida and she was coaching me. And part of the coaching was that Tony's gonna be in Chicago next weekend and you're going. And I'm like, can't we just wait till he gets to Fort Lauderdale? She's like, no, we can't. No, absolutely not. You need to hop on a plane and go to Chicago. So I did that. And um, the first, this is a great story. So how much time do we have? This is a great story. So uh, the, the first day that I get there, I fly in. And you, I don't know if you've ever been before. UPW starts at noon on Thursday. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But it starts at noon on Thursday. And the first day of UPW, Unleash the Power Within, is all about prepping you to walk on fire because one of two things are going to happen. Your legs are going to burn off. You're going to die. Or you're going to walk across fire. Probably the latter part is the only thing that's going to happen, but there's a technique to doing it. So he weaves it all in on how, you know, life and challenges and this and that, and how they all kind of work into this whole, you know, the firewalk is about one thing facing your fears. Cause when you get there at noon, it's during the day and there's big long lines of wood burning and you write your intentions down and you, or something you're going to leave at the event or some, 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 some woo thing like that. And you throw it in the fire. And then later on you walk on those coals. So I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted the first day. It's 40 degrees in there. It's freezing. I'm exhausted. I, if I eat one more granola bar, I'm going to punch a baby. And um, I'm like, I got to get out of here. So I leave and I go back to my hotel room and um, it's the first night and like an hour and a half from the firewalk. And I leave and I go back to my hotel and I text Mina and I said, uh, Hey, just want to let you know that, yeah, I'm, you know, today went great, you know, but I'm beat. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to my hotel, whatever. She didn't get the text or I tried to call her or what have you. And she ended up calling me back. She's like, what's up? And I'm like, yo. And she's like, how's it going? And I'm like, great. She's like, awesome. Are you on a break right now? I'm like, well, yeah, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm beat. I'm tired. I uh, came back to my hotel. She's like, I'm sorry, you did what? And I said, I, I came back to my hotel. She's like, are you crazy? Let me explain something to you. Today is the firewalk. If you miss this firewalk, you will regret it for the rest of your life. Do you understand me? I've done this 12 separate times, okay? I'm telling you every single time is different. I'm like, I just don't know what to tell you because you're tough to, uh, you know, you're, I, I can't tell you no, so I really don't know, you know, what do I do? And she goes, you call that cab or Uber or whoever took you back to your hotel, you call them right back. And, and you go back to the convention center and you finish what you started. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. So I hang up and I hop in a cab. I go back there and it was just perfect timing because everyone's about to exit the convention center, which is like 5,000 like motivated people clapping. And I caught wind of that. So I was like, let me just dip to the back because the firewalks in the back parking lot. So everyone's rolling their, their, uh, their pants up and whatnot. And they're clapping. Yes, yes, yes. You got 5,000 people screaming yes with their legs rolled up, right? Ready to walk on fire. And then you walk in the back, right? In the back parking, there's like nine lines of fire. 
right? And there's jungle music playing, right? So you got people going, yes, yes. And they got big speakers and music playing. You're like, yes, yeah. Like you can't get fired up in this moment. You ain't never getting fired up. So so I walk out there and there's like nine lines and you just pick a line because obviously 5,000 people, but they got it down to a science, right? Well, Tony walks with a couple of people and then he dips, but he gets out there. He's like, all right, everybody, we're about to walk on fire. Are you ready? Give me a yes, right? And uh, anyway, so I walk up to the line and I look over to the right and there's a crew member on each line um, that, that, that works for Tony or a volunteer. And I look over and it's my friend that I met in 2010. Now I had been in touch with her. She knew that I was at the event and I had seen her before, but I didn't know I'd be walking on fire next to the lane that she was like, Manning to boot. Tony walks up and I'm like, holy cow. It's my friend to the right of me, Tony in front of me. This is what happens when I finish what I started. Holy cow. And Tony walks across with the guy in front of me and then dips. And then he, he, he rolls pretty deep because people are crazy. So he rolls about six deep and uh, there's just no getting to him. He's just mammoth. But to know, like, I almost walked on fire. So anyway, I walk on fire. I get through it all. And because she said, listen, when you get through this, you're not going to think about how tired you are, how hungry you are, how none of that, none of that, none of that's going to matter. You're going to feel so accomplished, whatever. She goes, call me when you're done. I'm like, all right, cool. So whatever, I walk through fire. I text her. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. She's like, all right, cool. Call me when you get back. Well, meanwhile, it's like two o'clock in the morning, right? So like, there's no time. Time doesn't exist at these events. So it's like two o'clock in the morning. And uh, I get back to my hotel and it's like four in the morning in Florida. And I call her up and I'm just like, I'm like right here, right? I went from like exhausted, like starving. To, I didn't give a rip if I ever ate again. I had so much energy the whole And she goes, so, so are you back in your hotel room? And I go, yeah. She goes, okay, great. I want you to sit. I want you to sit down at the edge of your bed real quick. And I want to talk to you about something. And I go, okay, cool. What's up? And she goes, what you just did proves that every single time your back is up against the wall, you possess everything you need to push through it because if you were able to do this tonight when you didn't just when you think that you could again another tony robbins quote if you can't you must and if you must you can right and that night i did but it was a it was a magical evening to say the least i almost walked with tony <laughs> almost he was right there like right in front of me he's just like a giant a gentle giant and then my friend where the original story started i saw her and then years later i went and ended up doing again about my daughter it was here in fort lauderdale i didn't have to travel so far but I don't recommend going to personal development um, events in your hometown. I don't because it turns into a social event and you're not there to be social. You're there to do the work. So I don't recommend um, doing that. But I did because it was local and I wanted my daughter to experience and walk on fire. And that's what we did. But yeah, that's my Tony Robbins story. That's my full, that's the full circle story. You know what I mean? That was actually a phenomenal small bit of advice you just gave, though, in terms of personal development events at home, in terms of set goals, get the budget, you know, the budgeting aside and go travel for your, I mean, eventually once we, once we get back to, I was about to say, get back to normal. Once we actually do personal interaction things again, right. um, put the budget aside to actually do something that it's really the focus is getting yourself out of your comfort zone. Right. Yeah. I, that's, where the growth, that's, the growth, that's the only time growth is going to happen is when you were 100% uncomfortable. That's why I opened the studio a year ago. I'm like, I'm a, I am, I am doing the backstroke in a sea of uncertainty. Welcome to the life of an entrepreneur. 
One month on top of the world, next month, gosh, what happened? Yeah. What am I doing? The next month, everything's amazing. That's the role until you figure it, until you finally get to wherever the heck it is you're going. That's the process. But I said, you know what? Let's get uncomfortable. Let's go ink a deal on an executive suite. You've never signed a, a office lease before. Let's go get real uncomfortable. But what's going to happen, the benefit here, the payoff mm. is people are going to have, people are going to come in and go, well, this is cool. This is this is cool. We got the mics, he's got the headphones, got the lights and the brick and everything. I want to be around people like this. You're I want right. to do business with people like this because this guy talks the talk and walks the walk. Uh, I'm a peer. That's why I tell everybody that does business with me. I'm, I'm a peer. You're, you're a student, but I'm, I'm just the teacher, if you will. But I'm a peer. I'm a podcaster. I create mm -hmm. content. And everything I'm telling you to do, I've done. And I continue to do. So, um, yeah, you got to get uncomfortable. And a lot of it. And the best way to get uncomfortable is reaching that pocket. Yeah, but in that mm -hmm. pocket, spend some cash on you. I'm not talking about at the mall, okay? I'm talking about investing in yourself. I can't tell you countless times that I look back in the past 10 years, and I'm like, sometimes you have a certain question, like, what have I actually built? You're like, wait a second. Every single part of that process, I've reinvested back into the process. Every single time. Every single time. I said, you know what? Cool. We reached one milestone. Great. Now it's time to boom. Invest. We're just constantly reinvesting. So you, you, you feel like you're never getting anywhere, but it's that chess game. You know, it's tiny moves right. every single day that eventually move in to, to the big moves. And, you know, eventually you're checkmate. And then you have absolute 100% complete control of your life, which equals freedom. Um, until then, you know, you, you're a slave to your dream. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know a nicer way of putting it. You know, there's just not, and if that doesn't work for you, then just go get a job, mm -hmm. but I'm unemployable, unemployable. I show up late. I'm insubordinate. I'll rip up a write-up for them. Terrible, terrible employee. So there's no alternative. We call it the Amex challenge, right? If you can afford it on credit, you can afford it for 30 days. So figure out how to pay for it. If you got to invest in yourself, whatever it right. is, you right. know, Sebastian, you've been so generous with your time. We got to have you back in 2021, boss. We got to hear how you're going, where it's going on with everything, with the book line. Can you give us a quick rundown? How do people follow your journey? What are the best ways for them to connect with you? I dropped the, uh, in our Facebook comments, I put the link for our book. We'll make sure to get that in the podcast note descriptions as well. Give us the rundown. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, how can they potentially work with you? How can they just follow you? Get a part of your energy. You got phenomenal energy. How can people just follow you and be a part of your journey? Uh, thanks so much, Aaron. I appreciate you reaching out and for this opportunity and for your kind words. I, I, it is all, it is truly this thing. This whole thing is truly about relationships and those that we connect with and become part of our tribe, uh, if you will. Yeah. Why would you do this? So it's my pleasure to do so. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast, if you've started a podcast and stopped a podcast, if you've been thinking about it, dreaming about it, planning it, doing it, but you just can't quite to seem, you can't quite figure out how to get all of your ducks in a row. I am a duck row organizer. Okay. As far as getting your podcast launch. Uh, and I'll talk to anybody for 10 or 15 minutes about what their idea is or what their problem challenge or concern is with starting a podcast. Best way to do that is to get on my calendar. Just go to podcast launchlabnow.com. That's podcast launchlabnow.com. That'll bring you right to my calendar and you can book a, a call with me. Um, call comes right to my cell phone. You talk to me, uh, no, nobody on my team. As of right now, I'm doing the first hundred shows. I've, I've made a conscious decision here. Uh, but yeah, that's the best way to do it. And then follow me on, uh, on LinkedIn and, and Instagram and Facebook and the other social medias out there.
10 years ago, if you said you were following me, I'd call the police, but now it's pretty normal. Nah, too, too normal. You know, um, I'm excited for where you're going only because uh, of the energy. I love what you have going with podcasting. I believe in the space. I'm excited to see where I want to go with it, but also where the entire world is headed with podcasting. I think it's a great thing for the world in general. Uh, I think every business or brand will have a podcast studio in it. That's I my think prediction. my, uh, I, I, I could be wrong on this, but one thing I, I started saying about a year back was that if you want to be a CEO of a publicly traded company in like 2040, 2050, I mean, mid-century, it, it is going to be strange to the audience investors, young and old alike, people like, you know, in, in our generation and coming much sooner, um, I think it's going to be very strange if you don't have a digital blueprint. Now, that doesn't have to mean that you're super active on Twitter or X social media profile, um, but it could. And as much as that could, podcasting is almost the best hedge against anything stupid that you say online, because now you can actually fully express and articulate. Yeah, you can explain yourself. Exactly. And it's only going to be ramping up. I, I, I stand by that prediction. I think if you want to have great influence in our society and have an impact, you have to be able to broadcast that. And the glorious thing about podcasting is it doesn't matter how many downloads you're getting next week. It's all about 10 years from now. It's a very, it's a long-term play and a long-term investment. I think you're making in not only your future, but the people who follow you. Sebastian Rusk, the book is podcast suck. If you don't have one, um, excuse me, you're uh, the step-by-step guide to launching your podcast. Sebastian, I can't wait to get my hands on the book uh, myself. And I'm going to follow up with you here uh, as we get into 2021 to hear about how your business is exploding and how you're helping and serving other entrepreneurs, business leaders, executives, marketers, and also all likes in terms of their form and their podcast. Sebastian, thanks so much for your time. This has been episode one of five of the Get After It podcast. Let's go, people. Have an awesome freaking week. It is Monday Let's get after it, people. I'll talk to you all soon. Thanks so much, Sebastian, again. What's up, y'all? You're investing so much in yourself by being here, being a part of this journey and the Get After It podcast. Um, I don't ask for anything in return other than if you're getting some value from this, can you leave us a review? Have you reviewed us yet? Drop us a review. We'd love to hear how we're doing. Uh, It helps us so much with the algorithm and getting new listeners onto the show and exposing uh, the get after a mantra to new individuals. So it'd be a huge help. Leave us that five-star review if this is leaving some immense impact for you. Um, And besides that, let's get after it, folks. Talk to you all soon. That's it for this episode of the Get After Podcast.